Are we ready, Chris? All right. This is Inside with Outsiders. I'm Jeremy Escari, and today's guest is Mercedes Alvarez, an Outsiders participant member. Member, yeah. They, Newer member, I guess. Newer last no. year. Oh, yeah. One year. Very true, very true. Yeah. I appreciate you coming through. Yeah. Uh, I've known you for, obviously, longer than a year. <clears throat> I've known you for maybe 13 years or 14 years. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't until, like, last year, like you said, you joined Outsiders. Yeah. So, um, but we're here to know more about you and your, your upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, where are you from? What's your background? Yeah, so I am from North Bergen. North Bergen Jersey where? Jersey in the house. Jersey, okay. Um, uptown. When you're from North Bergen, there's like downtown, midtown, or uptown. Oh, you're from uptown. I'm from uptown North Bergen. <laughs> uptown um, girl. <laughs> yep. Uh, born and raised in the area and um, my upbringing is predominantly Cuban so I'm first generation American mm-hmm. and I'm the first born so I was the first one in my family to be American born and I grew up pretty much like Cuban when you say predominantly Cuban is there other st- I mean I know Cubans are mixed in general but yeah. what would what were you how would you describe that like growing up, I mean, I think just like being in North Bergen, there's a lot of different Latino backgrounds and a lot of, you know, first generation um, immigrant, uh, you know, kids. Um, so like predominantly, like most of my circle has been Cuban, like my best friends are Cuban. I went to a Cuban ballet school since I was six all the way till I was 18. There's a Cuban ballet school. It wasn't Cuban. It was ballet, but well, everyone who went there was pretty much Cuban. Well, I don't, I'm not surprised because this is the largest population of Cubans outside of Miami is in this area, in right? Union, Union City, City, North Bergen. Yeah, West New York. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, I grew up with a lot of Dominicans around me, Puerto Ricans, Colombians, tons of Colombians, um, and Peruvians. Like, And, you know, there's also outside of Latino, like there's a big Arab population mm-hmm. as well, which... I grew up around, so it's just multicultured. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, when when what do people assume you are if they if they were to guess? They think I'm Dominican <laughs> the minute they meet me, and then when I speak Spanish, they're like, "Oh no, she ain't." <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a very thick Cuban accent when I speak Spanish, and I use a lot of the Cuban slang. Um, so the Cuban, it's Cuban accent, like you don't really pronounce your s's. Is that what it is? We don't pronounce s's. We talk really fast. I don't know that every every Latino culture has its own like accent. Um, like Argentinians sound like they're singing when they speak. Yeah. Um, we just sound very loud. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of times, people who've come over my family's house who are you know like some of my white friends, for example, yeah. they're like, "Why is everybody like arguing?" We're like, "We're not. We're having a really passionate conversation yeah, like, about <laughs> something we love. We're actually telling each other we love each other." And they're like, "It sounds like you guys are." fighting yeah that's hilarious <laughs> um so it's just loud fast um with a lot of like you know little rhythm a little, little spice right a little spice yeah <laughs> chris is uh half puerto rican actually he's puerto oh, rican yeah. and irish yeah. if you have no ready we mentioned that almost every show yeah but uh puerto rican irish very yeah. interesting very yes. very common in this area though interesting yeah. yeah the caribbean latino population is pretty big around here too i would say oh for sure yeah what's what's your uh you know, coming from Cuba is obviously, uh, I don't want to say touchy subject, but there's a lot of, uh, a lot around that, right? So what was, were your parents uh, from political asylum? Uh, yeah. How did, they, how did they leave? When did they leave? Yeah. Um, I mean, even before like Fidel Castro, like just going back to other um, regimes, like 
my grandmother and grand my, my gra yeah my grandmother and my great grandparents had to they were exiled from Cuba at one point um, and this was back in like 1920s. Oh wow! Um, and this is on my dad's side. Um, where, where were they exiled to? They came to the U.S. They okay. they came to New York. My dad was born in New York, but he went to Cuba as an infant and grew up there and came mm -hmm. back later on. Um, my mom's side, my grandfather, which I, I have more connection to, I don't have a ton of connection to my dad's side because my dad's an only child and a lot of his family members have deceased. So um, on my mom's side, it's my grandfather and my grandmother. They just made a decision when communism really started to get bad to take their girls, their three girls, and leave. And it was a, at a point where people were allowed to leave. They were allowed. Yeah, they were allowed to leave. They left. They went to Spain for five years because it was really hard to just come to the U.S. at that time. And then they came into the U.S. Mm. Um, and I think it's just been like the best decision my grandfather ever made. When like was such a sacrifice. Where was this? I mean, when was this? Excuse me, when? When? Um, my mom was born in the 50s and she was about 13. So in the 60s. And she came here in the 70s. So when was the mass exodus from Cuba for those who were able to leave? There was a, a, a number of them. It was like 50s, 60s, and 80s. Okay. In the 80s, there's um, what we call like the Marielitos, which is basically they were on a boat and they were left at, uh, at a Mariel, which is like a marina. And that's where like Scarface, yeah. like his um, character is, and I think that's like 70s and 80s maybe, or maybe there was two like kind of mass exodus of, of that population, but Scarface is basically a Marielito. Yeah, but, but from what I gather, I don't know if this is actually true, but they let a lot of prisoners yep. leave and they said all the... That's the other thing, yes. Yeah. Yeah, they let a lot of prisoners leave and like basically like Scarface is yeah. the epitome of that type of story. Yeah, it's a great story though. It is, it is. Um, I mean, it's tragic at the end. <laughs> I mean, like, it's a great movie, whatever. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Um, but that's basically a lot of Cubans have come here since that time. What is what is your family's... I've been to Cuba. Yeah, uh, me too. But have a, you've been? Oh, that's a right. A couple times. But I have a bunch of Cuban friends who would never go for a couple of reasons. One, because of the regime. But two, because their parents would be pissed if yes. they went. Yes, yes. So you've been there... Yeah. Were your parents upset that you went? No, they came with us. Really? Um, I actually went because my grandfather wanted to go back. Uh, and my grandfather went back at like 90. Um, my grandfather was an OG, by the way. Yeah. He passed away two years ago, um, mm. but he he lived till the end. Mm -hmm. um, well, he, what do you mean? He lived life? like Lived life. I mean, he would go out dancing at like 90 and like really? find girlfriends. and like what? <laughs> Yeah. He lived life. He always said, um, you know, in life you have to live it. And there's no, there's a resolution and there's like a solution to everything other than death. So for him, he wanted to live literally every day like it was in his 20s. That's beautiful. It was, it was. It showed us a lot, I think, as a family. Um, his legacy continues in all of us, one way or another. Like, we all have a piece of him in yeah. us. Um, but what was I saying before that? I was saying something about my parents, maybe. Uh, about going back to Cuba. Yes, and in Cuba. He so he went back when he was 90, and we went with him, and it was, like, really nice to see all his nieces and nephews, how they rallied around him. They hadn't seen him since... He left in wow. the 50s um, wow. and they were all like little kids um, and you know it depends family to family and political um, beliefs across different families I think 
most Cubans do not believe in communism, which is why they don't live there. They left, right? Otherwise, we would have stayed there. Right. I would have been, uh, but it, did, it didn't stop us from going over there and like understanding our culture, mm -hmm. our heritage, and seeing what it's like there, which is very crazy. So I actually want to ask you about mm -hmm. that. So um, I went, and the culture, I could say, is absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. Culture is People beautiful. are the happiest there. For what they have, yes. Yes. <laughs> but, but, someone goes there and says it's amazing. I got a kind of a question if they open their eyes and actually see what's going on, right? Yeah. Because um, it's amazing from the experience of culture, meeting the people, having yeah. this, have such a positive outlook on stuff, but they don't have much, right? No. And uh, resources are limited, and there's days that they go by where there's there's no lights. No lights, no, no toilet paper, water, or whatever. I mean, yeah. I was. I the was toilet with, paper situation is insane. Yeah, it was <laughs> funny. I went there and I was connected with a, a couple. The guy was French and the, his wife was Cuban. And they're driving me around. They're amazing hosts. Like, I thank God for them. Yeah. Because uh, I, I got put in a Casa Particular first, which was yeah. like. This, yeah, that's the best way to do it. I, I, that's what I was the whole time. But like, I got put in one first. I was like, apparently, uh, in like the hood. And I call him like, <laughs> my boy Paul is like, call these numbers when you get there. I call him and she's like, uh, where are you? Uh, yeah, we can come pick you up and go hang out. So they come pick me up in their convertible Beetle, go drive around in Old Havana and all that stuff. And they go back to drop me off like, do you want to stay here? And I'm like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't want to stay here. Yeah. Please, because I, I was staying with this older woman and she was like, you know, let me stay in her place. But like, as I'm putting my stuff in and she's making food, she looks at me, this is not for you. And I'm like, okay, I... I didn't ask for what. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, go, I'm gonna go out. <laughs> did they speak in English or Spanish to you? Uh, like, did you get the guides? I mean, I was speaking French with them. Right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah a lot the of woman I spoke Spanish to, um, but they they moved me to like this, like their friend's place. So much nicer, brighter, yeah. friendlier, uh, okay. uh, and um, I went. I had a really good time, but conflicted feelings about what transpired because uh, we, I was with my friend Paulie. Mm -hmm. uh, shout out to Paulie, musical director for Harry Styles. You're the man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we had a great experience. He, he's, he was connected with these people who uh, invited us to this old ambassador. Uh, I forgot. He had some sort of affiliation with government back in the day. He was also an author and so on. But every, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, he opened his doors to anyone who wanted us to come in and discuss arts, culture, politics, anything. They said, Go there, bring them a bottle of whiskey, mm -hmm. and have great conversations. So we yeah. go there and we start, you know, listening in on conversation. <laughs> then we start speaking, and um, basically we get somebody to ask. We ask them what it's like to grow up there, and the response was something I'll never forget. And so they like they're given everything to live. They have everything, just just enough to to survive and live. They don't yeah. have to worry. However, that's all they get. It's like a spiritual death, and I was like. Oh man! Wow! Like they're yeah. stuck. There's a girl there who was like this German girl, a flight attendant, and she was in love, and she wanted to marry this guy, and I think maybe they were married or not, whatever. But married a Cuban guy. A Cuban guy, oh. and she couldn't. He couldn't leave. Like yeah. they wanted to try to get him to Germany, impossible. Yeah. So it's almost like uh, feeling feeling stuck, imprisoned in this in this country, in this island uh, yeah. that 
you know, the other thing about the island is the architecture. It looks like it, the most beautiful island 60 years ago. It does. The most beautiful island it in the does. world that had been neglected for 60 plus I years. I know, it's just like s destroyed, but you can still see like Oof. the bones of it. The bones are beautiful. I mean, Amazing. it's hard to take a bad photo in Cuba. It's it is. Yeah. It is, but then you go to central Havana. Like if you go to old Havana, it looks beautiful. That's where all the tourists go. That's what you see. But then you go into the neighborhoods, you go to central Havana, and it's like a completely different place. That's where place. I stayed, yeah. Um, when I go, I stay with family. Um, so I experience the no water for a few days, yeah. meaning you go <laughs> take a shower with like a bucket of water. Yeah. Like real like, you know, outdoorsy type. Like I I've never, I'm not an outdoorsy person, but I know I can survive the outdoors. Spoken like a true outsider. <laughs> <laughs> done like camping and stuff because you know there's still a bougie side to me mm. but good, good thing we do bougie camping i know the glamping. Yeah. <laughs> but um i have had to not shower for a couple of days or like use a bucket i've had to use newspaper as toilet yeah. uh, paper um yeah. no lights for a few days um a lot of flooding um on my aunt's street um so I, I've dealt with it and I've done it for like two weeks straight and I never complained because in my mind it kind of opened my eyes like I've got like so much wh what is there to complain about when you're right. like experiencing something like that yeah. and there's no one complaining about it who yeah. lives there for them it's just like a normal day like l a day in the life of them yeah. and it just kind of puts a lot of things into perspective. It's funny. We had somebody recently who was from Venezuela. Mm. and she, But she grew up there and she left the political asylum as well. Oh, and yeah. uh, she was saying the same thing, like, you know, how hard it was and how for her it was normal. But she came here and she realized, you know, how luxurious. Like the, but she, she, was, she was raving about her first shower here. Yeah, yeah. she took a two-hour shower the first yeah. time she, when she first got up here. Oh, yeah. my gosh. But if you, if you think about it, when you're used to using... It was probably like whatever. orgasmic. Yeah, <laughs> the way she described it, it was like that, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it definitely yeah. puts things in perspective. And when I left Cuba, to, uh, when I when I went to Cuba, and then when I left, and I got back home, yeah, and I sat in my car, drove around, like, wow. I know. Things ain't so bad here, you know. It's not at all. No. That's why I don't complain about literally anything anymore. Um, and I've gone a couple of times and I've just had to deal with it. And yeah. I actually love it. I actually don't mind that at all. And uh, you have no family that gets upset about you going there? None at all. They all go. Really? We all go. So yeah. I, have, I have friends, uh, like I said, a friend of mine, she, she said she would love to go, but there's no way in hell she's going to go support that government because, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't feel like I'm supporting the government when I go there. I feel like I'm supporting my family. Well, I mean, we, well, what I did, when we, went, we brought uh, art supplies for yeah. People, so we we contributed the way we could, and guys, I put you out. You're paying them money directly, right? So yeah, um, I just leave like a bunch of money, and there, and I take a suitcase with clothes, and I leave everything there. Yeah, everything. We we, we oh yeah okay. We, I come we, back we with an empty same. suitcase. Okay. Yeah. But next time you go, let me know. Uh, instead of giving a, a goodwill here, I'd be yeah. happy to. Yeah, they'll, they they're not shy about taking it. When was the last <laughs> time you went? Um, 2018, I think, 2018. And this, this could be a really stupid question, but uh, when I went, there was no internet, like no phone internet. They were starting to get internet when I went in 2018, but okay. you have to stand in specific um, right. hot spots. So you see everyone congregated in like one little plaza with their phones, yeah. um, like getting on Wi-Fi, um, and you can only use it for a certain amount of time. 
And what do you, yeah, I remember you having to pay $10. And yeah. mind you, there's. And it's for the, like 30 minutes or something like that. Yeah, it was $10 an hour. Yeah. And people would make, what, $25, $30 a month there? I so know. Now do that. Um, I know. What about credit? How do you pay for things? Do you bring cash? Cash. Yeah. Everything cash. I, I went with, I went, again, I went with Paulie, who has a UK card. So he, you know, yeah, he that's used the, that's, it. Yeah. That Everyone thought I was Canadian there too. Um, like until they find out, because they don't have a lot of them. Amer- they di- traditionally haven't had a ton of Americans go visit. But well, who thought you were uh, Canadian? Like, uh, Cubans. Cubans. They know I'm not Cuban from there. And I right. was like, "How do you know?" And they're like, "Just the way you walk, just you." And I yeah. was like, "What do you mean?" They're <laughs> saying you're bougie and you're not from here. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, literally, they can spot anyone who is not from there. Of course. I mean, Um, even if I grew up with their culture, um, I'm not Cuban to them. I'm American to them. But it's funny. I talk about this a lot. You're basically a third culture kid, right? So there you're American. Here you're Cuban. Yeah. Where do you fit in? I'm I think I'm Cuban. Cuban American. I'm Cuban American. Absolutely. I embrace both of them. Yeah. Um, And then like, you know, identity wise, it's like I struggled a little bit with my identity, like. So cult, there's a culture side, but then there's a racial side. I was actually going to bring that up, too. Because I'm biracial. Yes. My dad is white. My mom is black. They're both Cuban. Yeah. And like growing up, if I walked around with my dad, people like would never think I was his daughter. Um, and when we went to Cuba, when I was an adult, they thought I was his girlfriend or I was a prostitute <laughs> in Cuba with this older white man. Wow. And like they came and tried to serenade us one time at this like piano bar. My dad's like, no, this is my daughter. You know, like (laughs) you don't have to do that here. Um, And that was like interesting. Like we never talked about it. We never talked about how I'm biracial. So it wasn't until like the more like, you know, the uproar, uproar that we have experienced here in the U.S. over the last like 10 years where I started to really like have to sit down and like observe like and understand both of my races like right. I'm, I'm biracial and what does that mean i had no i didn't have the answer to that for a long time well, what's the difference i mean we i kind of understand the dynamic here in the states right yeah i understand racism and and, and yeah. the u.s culture what is it like in cuba in cuba i mean you've been there there's a lot of yeah. black um, of course it's very it's very afro cuban so yeah. afrocentric um there used to be a lot of racism in Cuba, and I think that's what you know the communist like party tried to strip away, which is why it made everyone equal, mm-hmm. equally poor, basically, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. But um, I think there's a lot less. I haven't experienced it as much when I've gone there or heard too much about it, and my aunt, who's she's like in her 80s and she's never left. She believes in everything that's going on there. By the way. She's like so confused at like the racism in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people outside of this country are. So being here, like I think if I grew up there, I would have probably not been thinking like I'm biracial and what does that right. mean? And like who's who's observing me one way or versus the other? Whereas here, it's just it's everything. Well, I think you may have answered this question, but. Does, do you feel any sort of racism within your family? No, not in my family, but I have experienced some racism within my friend groups. In here, yes, but not, yeah. I'm, I'm not talking about Cuba. Oh, I'm talking about here, here. Well, and and uh, 
within your friend groups how explain not my friends exactly or sometimes my friends like growing up they would make fun a little bit of like my hair because it was different than theirs your cuban friends here my cuban friends here okay. and they're probably going to be listening to this but we've talked about it we put it to bed yeah um but like you know getting made fun of um i've had other friends that are not like close friends just like be like go back to africa stuff like that and i'm like we're both cuban i don't know why you're saying this to me like right. your grandmother came from africa too <laughs> <laughs> like we all come from africa basically yeah. um it's in that in that culture is like exactly that culture like that's what it is it's african and spanish like, i've seen yeah was well, yeah i mean actually it was uh santeria right that's a yeah base from nigeria oh my god don't even get me started on that that's a religion yeah. or is it considered religion it's not it's a religion it's li and it's from nigeria it's the yoruba tribe yeah. which still exists yep. today in nigeria um and it's embedded in our culture embedded i mean very much so especially with Cuban catholicism culture. it's like the two of them are very like they're both married to one another yeah. like even the deities of the yoruba religion have a saint that is a catholic saint yeah so it's just like one one doesn't exist without the other and um, it's, it's it's not unique to black afro-cubans it's not it's, it's across the, i know because you I, go I to miami and they're all white cubans there and they're, they're all white uh, santos <laughs> and right? they're all santeria like yeah. they're all santero santeros santeras babalaos yeah. they're all those um, yeah they're all that yeah that's so interesting and, and it's kind of like what your friends are telling you the raised friends the people you know that yeah. were cuba that were being racist towards you it's very similar to the approach of dominicans towards Haitians or black people in general. Yes. Oh, we're not black. We're Dominican. Oh my gosh. Godfrey, yes. Godfrey had a great, uh, it was, I saw him talking about it on Instagram, the comedian Godfrey. And, and he was just saying like, what, what do you mean? You, you, you're not black, but we, I know. you're darker than me. <laughs> like, well, that's part of like what I was saying. I was a little struggling with even in my like upbringing. Cause I was not taught that I was black either. What, but, what are you taught? Just Cuban. You're Cuban. Yeah. You're mulata, which means like half yeah, biracial. Mulatto. I don't think people use that. It's not PC anymore, but yeah. Oh, we still use it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, like I'm a mulata and like, but what does that mean? Nobody talked to me about that. Like if I, if, if I said I was black to somebody, they would be like, no, you're not, you know? Um, and now I'm like, no, I am. I'm yeah. black and I have I have also like French in my blood and I have, you know, um, German in my blood and I have Spanish in my blood, which is on my father's side. The whole Caribbean is very mixed. Absolutely. I mean, there's Chinese Cubans, mm. there's Jewish Cubans. Mm -hmm. you, it runs the gamut. Yeah. There's a lot of Chinese Cubans because a Chinese, um, there was also like an exodus from China escaping. Um some war, I can't remember all the details, but I know that they went to Cuba and they settled there mm -hmm. and then they became, they mixed with everybody else. Yeah. Super mixed. Okay, so you grew up in the culture of mostly Cubans, right? Yeah. In a community of that. Um, what was high school like for you? What did you do after high school? After high school, high school was basically like a wash for me because I, high school was interesting. You I just, a wash. The high school wash. <laughs> I mean, it kind of, it wasn't. I had really great experiences, obviously, but it was like just like very social for me. Um, I 
if I look back at what I was in high school, a completely different person. Well, let's hear this. What were you I was school? a little bit of a mean girl. You were a mean girl? I was a little bit. But yeah. I also was very popular. Oh, my God. Um, you know, I dated the quarterback. I was a cheerleader. It was stupid. Um, <laughs> but then, vomit. then I graduated <laughs> and I went to college and I went to college in the city. I went to Pace University okay. downtown and I was just like exposed to something very, very different than what I had brought. Explain. I mean, I never had like an Indian friend. I never had a Russian friend, like just the diversity. Really? Not in high school. Well, I guess in high school you had diversity, but not, not that Outside of like a Hispanic community, not too much. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was just like a whole different world. And I just also forced myself to really pay attention more to my academics that I didn't do in high school. I was like, my parents are paying for this. So you don't make that much money. I got to get my shit together. Mm. Um, and I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed learning. Like I enjoyed going to class. That's not something, that's not how I showed up in high school. I think same for me. Definitely my last two years or two, three years of college, because the first year I was like, you take the classes that you kind of have to, right? Yeah. But then you get to choose your classes. So you choose what interests you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed undergrad. I enjoyed going to school in the city. Um, Did you go to graduate school? I went to grad school as well in 2010. Um, Oh, I graduated in 2010. I went in 2008 to 2010. Um, When did you graduate undergrad? I went to, so my undergrad was criminal justice. I wanted to be a, a prosecutor Oh yeah. in New York. Like that was like my dream. I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, I wanted to be a prosecutor specifically. I actually wound up working at the DA's office in Manhattan for two years okay. after college. After college, it was amazing. Um, very challenging. I, I worked a lot with domestic violence victims. That was really, really tough. Um, and just... Um, like misdemeanor crime uh, victims, um, but it doesn't pay that much. So, and I've also just been with this like criminal justice mindset, and I really wanted to expand a little bit more. If I was going to go to law school, what other types of like law? Um, yeah, what other types of areas would I maybe be interested in? So, I got a call from a corporate law firm, and they wanted to interview me. I had no idea what this law firm was. I went in. Didn't even prepare for my interview, but I winged it and I I nailed it. I tell my assistant district attorneys, um, who are all went to Ivy's like for law school. I said I'm leaving in two weeks. Um, I'm leaving the DA's office. I'm going to go work at this law firm, uh, Cravath, Swain, and Moore. And they were like, "You've got to be kidding!" And I was like, "What do you mean?" They're like, "That's like the number two most prestigious law firm in the country." Really? And I was like, "I had no idea." <laughs> So I start working there, um, and it's very prestigious. Um, I'm exposed to partners who, like, went to all these IVs, um, have become CEOs of major companies after the law firm. Like, I knew the former CEO of Wells Fargo, and I used to be very close with him as a Mm. partner. I worked with him um, pretty closely. Um, So... For me, that was like just such an amazing experience. And it was, you know, law firms are are tough. Um, they're very tough on you. And I what? think if I didn't work there, I probably would Why did you leave there? Um, you know, I worked there for almost eight years. Uh, I eight started, years? Yeah. Wow. I started when I was 26. And by the time I was 32, I was ready to do something bigger, more. I went to grad school while I was working at the law what firm. What did you study there? Um, HR. So while I was at the law firm... Um, going back to the law firm, actually, 
I wanted to be a lawyer, so I was like, this is great. I'm now seeing the corporate law side of things. So boring. Um, <laughs> I was like, no. Also, there wasn't a lot of diversity, um, and there wasn't a lot of female representation either. So wouldn't that make you want to stick around? It made me stick around, but in a different capacity. Like, I wanted to do HR and, like, talent development, like, getting people in that oh, okay. could, you know, change that a bit. So that's how I fell into HR. Like, I never thought of HR as a career. I thought HR was very administrative. It's actually very strategic. It's very challenging. My day is never the same, which is what I love about the job. Um, it's just very complex. Like, you're dealing with a lot of different things all day long. Um, and I liked that element of the law firm job that I was doing. So then I decided to go to grad school and, like, upskill myself. Um, and in grad school, I met a bunch of other, like, more seasoned HR professionals, made connections, and then I wound up leaving the law firm because I was just ready. You know, when you start somewhere really young at times, they always see you as that, like, young junior person that you started. And by the time I was 32, I was like, I wanted to be taken a little bit more seriously. I wanted to start, I, I outgrew the place, right? It was like, I had done all I could do there, and there was nowhere else for me to go. So I had to make a really tough, tough choice to go somewhere else, and I wound up going into financial services, which was so much fun, actually. Um, Who doing says financial services is <laughs> fun? It's fun. <laughs> okay. It's fun. In HR, it's fun because you see a lot of the juicy stuff. What is juicy about financial services? Um, it's not about financial services per se, but it's like just the HR job there is heavy. It's just a heavy job. Uh, like we did a lot. I had to do like layoffs. Oh, yeah. Um, I've had to deal with um, deaths of employees. Um, I've had to deal with firing a ton of people. Um, I've had to deal with people claiming discrimination. Um, and just like going through that is just it's it's a lot. It takes a specific type of skill to kind of be able to navigate those types of complex issues yeah absolutely in a corporate setting by the way yeah which is probably the hardest right yes because like, it's political yeah. yeah it's political there's policies like things can get out in the news so um, you that's kind of what you do now and you, I do you that, absolutely yeah. love it i do love it yeah. i do love it i've taken a little bit of like a back seat now um i'm no longer kind of a front-facing hr professional because i finally became a leader of a team. Um, Congratulations. Which I, uh, yes, thank you. It's been about two years. Um, and being a leader has been also just very transformative for me. Um, I'm not like, I don't feel like I have to be in the driver's seat of everything all the time. I really like lead from behind, meaning that I try to coach people as much as I can, develop them, um, and make sure that we're still doing what's right for the broader like company and for people. We're making a lot of impact on people's lives when you're in HR, actually. It's important to feel like you're making an impact no matter what you're doing. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I keep on saying, like, I, I did make an impact. I felt like I was making an impact with nightlife, but I felt it wasn't as positive yeah. as I wanted it to be event uh, as time passed. Yeah. I love we talked about that before. Yeah. yeah. I've talked about it many times with people, you know, like, I, I know. think. The, well, what you do is amazing now. I love it. I absolutely love it. And um, actually, let's talk about your personal life. Cause I, I mean, was going to just say. Because <laughs> I know, uh, are you, your, was this your first trip with us out of Sardinia last year? It or was my first trip first with you. First trip at anything. all? Like, anything. Okay. I, did, I didn't do a hike. But you've done since, no? I've done since. Okay, yeah. Yes. Um, so, 
you you said you're okay with talking about personal life, right? Yes, I am. So you were you were married, right? You were married I for was married for okay, married for a couple of months. Yes, but, but you, I, I was, was in a relationship with my ex-husband for ten years. Yeah, and then uh, when you divorced, you were kind of like everybody would trying to find yourself, trying to yeah. navigate like what's your life going to be like now, your social yeah. environment, all this stuff. Everything. So, uh, yeah, just t- t- touch on that because a lot of people, obviously millions of people in the same shoes, right? Of course. What did you do to kind of But everybody's journey is different, right? Um, obviously, yeah. We all have the same, like, the same thing is happening to us, but in different flavors. So mm-hmm. I think... I like, like that way. That's a nice way to put it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think for me, it's like, um, I, I didn't know, I think I had felt like I maybe like lost who I was even as I reflected back and I was forced to be alone again. I, it was, I, I had to unlearn so many things that I believed to be true. Can you give us an example? Um, like being, um, married is like important in my culture, um, especially at a certain age. So doing it at the age that I did, it was like, first of all, like unheard of, um, being so much older. And then, um, because I got married at 39. Did you get heat from your parents about, or your family? Not my family, but family friends. Like everybody has something to say all the time. Of course, yeah. So, you know, I felt like being married, having a great job, having a beautiful apartment and home, being domestic, those are all things I thought I was supposed to be doing. But that's not really who I was before I got into that relationship. And right, I just felt right. like I lost myself. So for 10 years, I felt like I was like sleepwalking. And Hitting it was the like, bullet points society needs to tell you you need to hit these goals yes, and you've achieved those yes. and you just don't feel like... Like a checklist. Yeah, that's yeah. the word I was looking for. Absolutely. I felt like I was like living a checklist versus like, what do I want to do? Who am I? Well, let's, let's answer that. What, what part of your life... Okay, you were living the checklist, right? Now that you've kind of recentered yourself, what what are your priorities for you now? I don't have like a p- same priorities like all the time. I feel like it's less about what are goals that I want to achieve and more how am I living every day? Mm-hmm. Um, because I was living very not just a checklist, but like being a perfectionist, um, overthinker. And you're not anymore. I'm not. Actually. Not a perfectionist, really. No, I okay. think. I think I've been, I've become very comfortable um, with the unknown, which is very, very, very challenging for me. Um, I hear that, yeah. Very comfortable with the unknown. It actually excites me in a weird yeah. way now, which it didn't before. Before, it like, used to frighten me. Yeah. Um, and now it excites me. I don't love it. It's still an uncomfortable space, but I I like to feel uncomfortable now. I think I think it's a great approach. Like, Having yes, it's so scary, right? But you don't know what opportunity presents itself in the unknown, yeah. Which makes that exciting. If you take that perspective of like, okay, I'm not sure what's going to happen tomorrow with this meeting or whatever, yeah. But it could be good, yeah. As opposed to like, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Oh, I'm nervous, yeah. scared. Yeah. I've been trying to do the same thing, like looking at every day, like okay, today was a tough day. Can't wait to see what opportunity presents themselves tomorrow. You know, yeah. presents itself tomorrow. So yeah. So. Like, you know, even in my work laptop or my workspace, I have a post-it with like four words and these are like things I want to live by every day. Where are they? Um, it's courage. Um, what's the other one? Authenticity. Like making, am I leading with my authenticity at the end of the day? Um, am I leading with grace? And how am I like 
prioritizing my self-care, like me, my, and what's self-care, it's not just about, am I working out? Am I eating healthy? It's also like, do I feel like I'm at peace? Do I feel like I'm at peace with what happened today? And if not, how do I get to a place where I feel peace um, with whatever situations? So that's just something that I've changed more. So instead of like priorities, it's more of like, what are my values? And that's what I've been like leaning on the Mm. most over the last year. I saw you, you came on the Sardinia trip. How did that, you've, we've spoken about this, but how did that, uh, yeah, I think Sardinia is like where I, it was like pivotal for me where I, I had to get out of my comfort zone. So like that trip really helped me be uncomfortable and comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's amazing. What can you describe what you meant? What do you mean by that shit made you feel like you had to get out of comfort zone? I mean, it was out of my comfort zone. I would never go on a trip with people I don't know. Mm -hmm by myself like i would have been like hey friend can you come was, with me on this trip? was i the only person you, you knew? were the only person i knew and i yeah. walked out of there with like five best friends yeah yeah <laughs> shout them out who are they um not five but like a few a few friends but closest friends are raj yeah she lives in my building now yeah. <laughs> julia yeah shana okay um jamie yes um i think those are the key four. Am nice. I missing anybody? I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. That yeah. I still keep in contact with at least. Yeah. yeah. So um, going into that trip, you felt like what made you book that trip? And after that, how, how did your demeanor oh change? So I booked that trip on an impulse, which is part of my personality. I'm an impulsive person. Um, I think you and I were like talking one day and you just said, hey, like I have this outsiders trip coming up. Uh, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to book it. I don't I, know I, I anything I do about it. That, yeah. <laughs> I think, I, think we, we, I did mention Sardinia and the fact that the Mediterranean in the summer is paradise, right? Yeah. And you're like, okay, I need to go to this. I'm like, I just did it. I, didn't, like, I actually did not believe that you're going to buy a ticket. I, I did. Sure, yeah. I think I, I booked it like maybe a week after we talked. And I was yeah. like, you know what? Why am I, why am I thinking about this? Mm-hmm. Just do it. And I did. Um, and as I got, kept getting closer and closer, I was like, what am I doing? I was yeah. getting really uncomfortable. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, do I know anybody? Are they going to like me? Am I going to be like bored? Yeah, am I going to regret you it? You took a risk, right? It was the best trip I've ever had in my life. Really? Hold up. You get a sound bite. <laughs> See, the outsider Sardinia was the best the trip. Outsider of- Sardinia was the best trip of my life. I also took a few trips before that, but that was like amazing yeah. for me. Really amazing. And was it because you were out of your comfort zone and the reward was so much more gratifying because you came in there nervous and yeah, I yeah. came in nervous and I left like super <clears throat> confident. Um, and it just, it kind of set the stage for me to like, when I left, I was like, okay, what, how am I going to now from here forward, like yeah. take this experience what I've been experiencing over the few, the few months before that, which was like my separation, moving across the country because I was living in California at the yeah. time, moving my job, having to find an apartment, all those things really like weighed heavily on me. Um, and I hadn't really dealt with those things like mm. Sardinia, all of that kind of made me have to think back and actually open up the can of emotions that I had really? bottled up inside. Again, it was get out of my comfort zone. My comfort zone has always been bottle up your emotions, hard shell, keep it going. Mm -hmm. Um, But I realized I was like on autopilot um, Mm -hmm. the whole time. And when I, Sardinia again was like a get out of my comfort zone moment. So it made me get into that mode for so many other things. 
Um, so when I came back, like a lot of things that I, again, believe to be true as well, I had to rethink and realign mm. completely. And I don't know if I've ever cried as much as I did after that trip. Really? <laughs> I cried. I, I'm not a crier, but I cried for like a few months. And it was, it, was it processing the emotions of your separation? Processing a lot of emotions of separation, of who I'm going to have to become. I was also turning 40 at the time, which is like a milestone. And you're, you look back and you're like, at 40, is this what I thought I was going to be living? Mm -hmm. No. Right. Um, you know, you're just like, Ooh. Why are you laughing, Chris? <laughs> Listen, because I turned 45 years ago and it's like when I turned 30. I guess it just doesn't bother me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just going through so much change no, you know, all at once, yeah. all at once. So it just... It, it it like opened up the floodgates mm -hmm. and I was like out of control a little bit with my emotions. Like yeah. I always but I was always so controlled and so poised and composed and again the it's perfectionist. A, it's important to surrender that, right? To surrender I totally the did. I yeah. can't tell you how many times I cried, Jeremy, for That's like a healthy. couple of months and I just released everything yeah. and it allowed me to move forward. So for me, I remember I still try to do this, but I travel so much now it I travel a lot before when I didn't travel as much. I tried to every time I came back from a trip, yeah, change something in my life and change for the positive, right? So yeah. implement something right away when I got back. What did you implement? Obviously, you opened up, you surrendered. Do you feel like you're more open to things that are not necessarily in your control? Yes, I am. Okay, I'm definitely much more. Um, something there's a few like it's more like lessons learned um, and how I shifted my mindset a lot there's things like um something i really try not to do anymore is like make any assu assumptions about situations or people like i i feel it can be like limit lim like limiting um when you make assumptions about people based off of i don't know their social media or like surface level interactions sometimes it's safe to have an assumption based on social media on occasions it is. I don't think so. Uh, I think social media is a facade a lot. Um, I think, at times. Yeah. Okay. It depends. But I felt like I would make assumptions about situations and be and say no to a situation or say no to an offer. Um, and now I'm like, you know what? Before I make an <laughs> assumption about it, let me say... Let me think about it's it. A, it's like that movie Yes Man, right? It's, yeah. uh, it's oh, I don't say yes right away. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. I had a moment like that. I was in Stockholm uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I had a day. I was working in the office with the outside of Stockholm crew works, and I plan on like, just grinding all day. And he comes up to me. He's like, hey, the, uh, the owner of the office, which was a partner of theirs, he's asked me three times to come with him on this, uh, this boat to go to some island today. I was like, oh, then you got to go. He's like, yeah, you want to go? I'm like, no, not Okay, yeah, let's go. Yeah, why, <laughs> why am I? Why is my why first not? instinct yeah. to say no? I'm like, and you tell me say no for an impromptu adventure to this Swedish island. I know, that doesn't sound What's like the matter you? with me. <laughs> let's sound do like it. You. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, I don't say yes right away, but I will say, let me think about it, or you know, give me more information. I'm glad you jumped the gun on Sardinia, though. Oh my gosh, it was the best decision. Yeah. Um, so. Your life now. Yeah. You're happy with your job? I love it. Uh, you like your personal life? I do. I try to keep a very active social life. Mm -hmm. um, I have a puppy as well who keeps me very busy. By the way, speaking of social life, I might be able to do, do Tiki Disco if you haven't sold that ticket yet. I haven't. Okay. Let's do we it. Cancel our, <laughs> we had to reschedule uh, our Outsiders event this oh, weekend. Oh, 
probably because of the weather. Yeah. Oh, crap. So, Tiki, here we come. Let's dance. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been totally going hitting up Tiki Disco as much as I can yeah. this summer. It's like this summer I decided not to travel as much as I normally would because I do have a goal that I want to achieve by yeah. next year, which is buying some property um, and investing. And I want to just be a little bit more disciplined about my finances. Um, I may completely change that because I'm impulsive. And if something comes up, I might say That's yes. That's funny <laughs> that you're impulsive yet. Yeah super controlling and, and willing to stay in your comfort zone because those are dynamics that don't necessarily mm-hmm. go together. Well, I'm an Aries. Um, I don't know what that means. Aries people <laughs> are impulsive. Um, <laughs> we're impulsive, um, impatient, and those are things I've worked a lot on. Um, we're impulsive, we're impatient, but then there's like the best qualities, like we're super loyal. Um, we are very fiery. I think of the fire signs, we're the most fiery apparently i don't know that that's didn't true. you ask me what time i was born the other day yes we did your birth chart yeah, that's right almost <laughs> it always took everything not to run away <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i i could be impulsive right. um but i I've, I've changed a lot of that too again to saying like hold on like let me take a step back let me think about it give me more information yeah. and then i'll make a decision but once i make a decision it's done okay uh, I got a few questions for you here. Yeah. So, uh, what do you do for fun other than tiki disco? <laughs> <laughs> um, I love spending time with my family, um, and the reason that I spend as much as I can with them is because I lived in California for seven years prior to coming back last year, and I just felt like I had to catch up a lot of like events with them and just time. Like my parents are getting older. I'm really like you know they're getting older and Mm -hmm. there's a reality that comes with that. So spending time with my family, spending time with my puppy, Future. Um, His name is Future? His name is Future. Like the rapper? Yes, he's neutered. We don't want a whole bunch of baby mamas. I mean, baby daddies. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Baby mamas out there. Um, He goes to daycare. So like they made sure, I made sure to neuter him. Um, I like to read um, and I like to read really interesting, stupid, random things. Um, but I mostly like to read about like personal development and career development. Um, what else? Oh, something I started doing around in the pandemic is writing. Like it's actually like a hidden talent of mine is that I, I love writing. I've been journal- like journaling more like um, just like writing essays for my, o- my eyes only of like what I'm observing, really? um, my learnings over the year. Do you handwrite them or type them? Handwrite. Okay. Um, something th- unique about that. Yeah. In, in cursive and sp- script? Um, no, actually. I was going to say, because kids don't learn how to write script anymore. So I have really good penmanship, though. Because sure. I went to, I was in school when you had penmanship yeah. as a subject. <laughs> um, all right. I'm glad you write well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what does, uh, what, what are your goals and dreams professionally and personally? Um, Professionally, I'd like to get to a point in my career where I don't have to work as much. Okay. Um, and I'm starting to get there a little bit. I have to work hard still, but I want to get to a point where I'm developing those around me and I'm leading versus like executing. Okay. Um, personally, I mean, I, I mentioned one of them is like buying a home. Um, I also really want to experience like motherhood at some point. Um, the timeline is getting a little bit away from me, but I still am optimistic about that. Okay. 
I hope so for your sake. I hope yeah. you get to experience that. Um, what would you? What advice would you give high school you? Um, Don't be, be such a mean girl. Yeah, be kind. <laughs> <laughs> be kind. Um, be kind. Be compassionate. Um, and like just all the transformation I've made so far, like just take all the learn, like le- take all the lessons um, and apply them in your life. Um, also, I probably would have said study harder. <laughs> you seem like you studied just fine in college. In college, but I think I could have gone to like a better school or, you know, at the end of the day, I still got to a really good place success, like professionally that maybe a lot of others wouldn't have gotten to. Um, but who knows what I could have accomplished if right. I maybe went to like an IB or something like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think you've done well enough to not yeah, thank you. kick yourself <laughs> for, for not having done that. Um, what's your favorite part of Outsiders? I think the people, meeting people, experiencing new things, um, things that are not like <clears throat> your normal. I, I actually like that it, it's outside as well. Like, again, I'm not a super outdoorsy person, but it has made me get outside. Well, I think, I think for the most part, no one's an avid outdoorsy person, which is a nice, the focus is the social aspect, being outdoors and yeah. active, right? Yeah. So we get, we get messages like, is this good for beginners? And I was right, this, everything we do is good for beginners. Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyone who's like a really avid hiker, we had actually some, we had a mediocre review on Google because the guy was like, oh, no. You guys didn't hike fast enough. You made a bunch of stops. It's, you know, I'm like, honestly, I don't think we're your speed, literally and figuratively. Like, yeah. 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 I would say the people, um, the social aspect of it, because you always walk out like learning something new. Mm-hmm. Really? So that's my favorite. Yeah. From a, anybody, you can be talking to like a random oh, yeah, person. And you learn something about a topic that you probably wouldn't talk I've about with others. Great conversations, learn Amazing awesome combos. things yeah. on hikes and adventures. People yeah. that I would normally maybe never run into because their lives are so different. Absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, this is one of my favorite questions. What is your most embarrassing moment? Oh my gosh, I have to think about that. You've already thought about it. I know you have. No. <laughs> no, my most, I didn't think about that question coming up. Um, I ha- I'm probably not going to remember my most embarrassing uh, on the spot. Whatever comes to mind. Um, when I worked at the law firm, I was sending out an email to my boyfriend at the time. And he, his name was, I'm not going to say his name, <laughs> okay. but it was the same and spelled the same as a very senior partner at the law firm. And... Um, I don't know why I did this. I used my work email to send out this email, and I sent the email to the senior partner. Hours go by. I mean, Ugh. so I sent it to my boyfriend at the time. I'm like, hours go by. I haven't heard a response. This is like not like him. What's going on? I look and I sent it to the senior. What partner. was in the email? Um, it was like a little flirty, um, and I was just like, "Miss you, babe," or something along those lines. And this was a very like senior partner, like older man would not find that funny. Um, and <laughs> like, then I see the partner in the hallway. He's like, "Hey, babe," and I was like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> 
Um, and that's probably one of my, that's what comes to mind because I will never forget that story. Or did you, when you figured it out, did you email him back? I'm so sorry. I, wasn't. I turned red. I'm dark skinned. How <laughs> do I turn red? I turned red. Um, and I did profusely you? apologized. And he, I'm sure, based on his we reaction, he must have laughed his ass off. Yeah, we laughed about it. Again, he saw me in the hallway. He's like, hey, babe. And you had no idea what he was no, talking about? I mean, at that point, I did. But I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, I was going to, I realized I was going to the bathroom. And I was like, let me compose myself. How do I recover from this? Yeah. How do I tell the partner <laughs> I'm so sorry? <laughs> and I ran into the partner before I could even say anything. And he just said. We laughed, yeah. Yeah. And he knew your boyfriend's name already? Is no, that I explained like, hey, my boyfriend's name is exactly the same as yours and he spells it the same as you. Oh my. Um, so it was just like an honest mistake. That's hilarious. <laughs> and bless the senior partner for having a sense of humor. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And he normally didn't. He was very cranky all the time. Right. So I was like, oh my gosh. Well, that probably made his day when he yeah, got it that probably email. Did Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's actually that's a wholesome story in my opinion. I like that. Yeah, that's that's the one that comes to mind. Okay. I'm sure there's other embarrassing shit I've done. Oh, for sure. I may I may have witnessed some nights out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, is there anything I haven't asked you that you want to share? Hmm. I don't. I don't think so. Um. No. No. Okay. Is there anything else you want to know? Uh, I can't. Nothing comes to mind. So yeah. we're just getting to the next bit, which is a series of five rapid fire questions. Oh, okay. 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 Let's go. Do you have something else that comes to mind? Real no, quick? no, no. I'm just like, the rapid stuff gets me a little flustered. Nervous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know nervous. what? I, every single person says that, right? Yeah, no. like, I can't do it. I can't. I don't want to answer on the spot. If someone give me five rapid fire questions, I'm like, cool. I don't have to think too hard. Yeah, exactly. Oh, not everybody's cool. Away. Not everyone's as cool as you, Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> maybe I just should prepare more for things. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite city other than New York City? Um, Osaka. Osaka. Japan. Nice. I've never been to Osaka. I've been to It's underrated. Places. I think it's be way better than Tokyo. I think when people think of Japan, they think of Tokyo Kyoto? or Kyoto. I liked Kyoto a lot too. Um, mm. I also really like Tokyo, but I, I don't know. Osaka was like kind of like it's underrated, and I kind of like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of it reminded me more of like the Brooklyn of Japan. I also like how close it is to Kobe, and like you can just take a thirty-minute train ride and like have dinner and have like Kobe beef <laughs> in Kobe, and um, sounds pretty cool. <laughs> go back, and I did that. It was awesome. Nice. All right, a great answer. Uh, yeah. If you could do any other profession, what would you do? Mm. I've definitely thought about this a few times. Um, and I go back and forth between being a journalist or a singer slash songwriter because I really love music. I think it touches the soul. There's so much to say. Can you sing? No, I did <laughs> not get that. My father's a singer. Uh, you did mention I that. I did yeah. not get that trait, unfortunately. Mm. Okay. We will try karaoke sometime. Mm. Oh, I love karaoke. Okay. I'm terrible. <laughs> uh, what's your vice? Mm. Reality TV. Oof, that's terrible. <laughs> but not because of the drama or gossip. Why? I think it's the, the psychology and sociology of it is kind of interesting. Mm. I you know I do have a, a guilty pleasure. Uh, it's an embarrassing confession. What is it? There's a show called Too Hot to Handle. Oh my gosh, that's one of my favorites. I was watching that <laughs> and I was like, wow, this show is so stupid, but it's so entertaining. It's, I, I, again, I think the psychology and sociology of those shows is what gets me. Yes, the drama, the gossip, it's juicy. Sure. 
But it's like I, I, watching I, these people in this like social, like human, like experiments yeah. are like I, Love is Blind. Have you seen that one? No. That's a crazy experiment. I like, I do like, I think I love uh, uh, Too Hot to Handle mm -hmm. because I can kind of understand the battle between physical and emotional. Yes. Right? So, so there, there's psychology around that. hundred percent. So that's, those are, I don't Not love like the Bravo shows, like Real, like Real Housewives and stuff like that. No. no. I'm talking more about like Temptation Island, mm -hmm. I, more of like those lovey ones okay. um, where you're supposed to find love, but you're tempted elsewhere. Yeah. Okay. I mean, because yeah. it's like stuff that people might experience in real life. Yes. Uh, all right. What is your greatest fear? Losing the most important people in my life, mm. including my dog. <laughs> yeah, when I think dog. about like losing future, it makes me very sad. Okay. We don't think about I that. I know. But that's a good answer. You know, my family and my friends, like I, my friends are everything to me yeah. also. So just losing those people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's I, the reality yeah. of life. Yeah. I think that that's inevitable it is a little sad. Yeah. Um, last question is what's your favorite food and what did you bring today and why i'm going to say my favorite food is cuban food okay i have to say that but i also really like asian food okay um like dim sum and sushi but i brought cuban stuff today okay yeah i don't know if you're gonna eat it but i brought what we call pastelito de carne yeah. which is just a cuban pastry it's like a pastry puff with ground beef in it okay and I brought croquetas de jamón. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're going to eat it because it's not gluten-free. <laughs> but I but brought some sodas for yeah. everybody Cool. Can that you, are Cuban can you, sodas, can too. Can you open up this stuff and explain? So this is a Cuban pineapple soda? Yep, it's You're going to tell me you never heard of jupinia before. A what? And Mateba. Yeah, I have. I've seen oh, pineapples. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. yeah, we grew up here like it's all Cubans. Like yeah, and mater and materba. I brought materba as well. Materba. That's my favorite soda. Yerba mate. Yeah. That's the, uh, they have soda like this? Yep. I didn't know that. It's Cuban. I've seen this before. So this is like a, a tea soda, kind of? Yeah, kind of. Oh, that looks so good. And I, you know I can't have it, but wait. Just take a bite. I can't. <laughs> Just take one so, bite, Jeremy. No. Come on, live I, life. I've had this amazing. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Saying no. So Come this on. is, uh, should you hold it up and explain what, what yes. is what? So these are the uh, pastelito de carne. Again, it's uh like a pastry puff with ground beef inside. And then these are the croquetas made out of ham. Mm -hmm. and, and what's it's, it's potatoes and ham, isn't it? Potatoes and ham. Okay. Um, so well, when is this eaten? Is this more of a snack, a meal? Explain. Um, Cubans eat it for breakfast, mm -hmm. um, for snacks, as an appetizer when we're hosting like a, a barbecue or something like that. It can really be eaten at any time. You can eat it as a late night snack, anytime, anything. I, I mean, having grown up here, we're very familiar with Cuban dishes. If you had to choose a dish, what would you say? Like a, a meal, like obviously this is a dish as well. A Cuban like, dish? Yeah. Uh, ropa vieja. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> That's actually the first Cuban meal or dish that I knew of. Yeah. First one I had. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. Ropa vieja and um, arro con pollo. Okay, well, I mean, that's like across the board for most Latin food. Um, Chris, the other yeah, day, he made some uh, rabo. Oh, that's yeah. good too. That's really good. And it's they, do not they, my favorite, but it's good. Do they have it? Because I know that's also more of a, it's a Caribbean shared thing yeah. beyond just Latin culture, Jamaican and all yeah. that. So, yeah. 
There's also a really good um, other, it's like vaca frita. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I had that in LA recently. Uh, I had dinner with a Cuban friend of mine. Yeah. And they didn't have it on the menu and she asked for it. And they made it. It was her birthday. And they made it. Oh, and wow. I, hadn't, I hadn't had it yet. And I tried it. It, it was amazing. Yeah. What did you like about it? Texture and the taste. I think yeah. the texture of this fried beef is yeah. just, it was good. And it's obviously super savory. Like, yes. It's really good. Yes. We put a lot of savory yeah. seasoning. A lot of people like growing up that, not growing up, sorry, but like when I want to, you know, exposing myself to outside of like my Latin community, you know, I would eat like Mexican food or something. I'm like, this is spicy. And they were just like, but you're Latin. Don't you like spicy? I'm like, no. <laughs> you, uh, trust me, I get this. Like, people like, we're taking for Persian food. They're like, yeah, we don't like spicy food. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Persian food's not spicy. No. They assume like they correlate to like Indian food or something. Yes. I'm like, it's very, very, very different. Nope. Yep. Yeah. So this is my favorite like little snack, but yeah. I would say Hrobavia. And where'd you get that up. from? Um, a local Cuban bakery in Union City called La Gran Via. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on 48th Street. And what? Between Hudson and, and Bergen, Park. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hudson and Park. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And where would you where would you say is the best Cuban food in the tri-state? Where would you go? My tia Barbarita's house. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm saying, if people can't go there. I know, I know. Um, that's a tough one. I mean, Rumba Cubana is like a good staple and it's cheap. Yeah, but... Um, um, I like this place called Centro Latino on uh, 60th and Park as well. Okay. I, uh, they make a good uh, like medianoche yeah. sandwich, which is my favorite sandwich. What's the difference between a medianoche and a Cuban sandwich? It's the bread. Sweet bread. The sweet bread. So medianoche is sweet and Cuban is normal. It's Cuban bread. Yeah. And then the medianoche is like a sweet bread. And you can tell because it's a little like, uh, like shiny, shiny on yeah, the top. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that sounds good. It's Can't really, really yeah. good. Well, those are my favorites. Are you going to have some of this right now? You want to wait? We, we can have it afterwards. But, yeah, I don't uh, want to eat on camera. <laughs> so, some, some things so just don't change, you know? <laughs> uh, I, I want to thank you for sharing your story yeah. about your family, about your history, about your life. And uh, hopefully we get to see you more on Outsiders yeah, as definitely. well as maybe some destination trips. Maybe we'll further change your life, I hope. I Maybe, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. All right. All right. Bye.